0: Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Finding Your Freedom podcast. I am so excited to have you guys here and so excited to share today's episode with you guys. Um, I am recording this standing again. It, <laughs> it has just felt right lately. It's been a weird a weird vibe, but I'm liking it. It feels like I'm performing, performing to no one, so that's super fun. And yeah, I've just been like listening and like reflecting back on the podcast and certain episodes and things that I've really loved. As in two months will be coming up, um, pretty much on a year, so that is crazy. But one thing I've been reflecting on is, yeah, I just feel like the past two months, very understandably for me, I just haven't um, haven't had as much energy and have kind of been doing this during the week during work and or not during work but like after a work day um so i'm recording this on a weekend now and just feeling a lot more energized and excited to kind of you know keep things to the weekend and you know section off my time for creative stuff and science stuff so yeah just a little insight into my life into my world as far as any life updates um nothing nothing too crazy um maybe some things that I'll mention on podcast soon. Um, Yeah, I think I'll do one maybe on dating soon and some other juicy things. A lot of great stuff coming for you guys. Um, A lot of new creative, I hate the word content kind of, but a lot of new creative content and just different ways that I plan to be able to serve you guys. And I'm really excited for that to all be starting and launching in December and January. So yeah, there's a lot to look forward to, uh, just like this amazing episode. And I'm really excited to be bringing this to you guys. And um, I also really love and listen to pretty much weekly um, the Girls Gotta Eat podcast. And they had someone on last week talking about personal style and kind of you know dressing to feel good and your authentic self and dating and all of these things and I was like I have this interview already recorded um with a different stylist but either way I was just felt like the universe telling me it was time to put this episode out so yeah I'm excited excited to bring this to you um manifesting (laughs) girls gotta eat um Raina and Ashley to be on the show everyone um pray for that for me because that's That would be amazing. Um, so yeah, that's gonna happen in 2021. I'm just just gonna say that now. Um, but anyway, this episode is amazing. I had Nicole Russo on the show and we had such a great conversation about style and you know, just how style and changing your style can affect the rest of your life in profound ways when, you know, when your inner self is congruent with your outer self. When you're, you know, you're not trying to follow these rules and these things. You're just dressing for what makes you feel good, what makes you feel good in your body, Um, no one else's body. And yeah, just the profound effect it can have in your life in all of these different ways. Nicole has had clients, you know, get divorces, quit jobs, move across the country um, after changing their look. So I think it's um, a really interesting episode and we kind of touch on how, you know, COVID has been affecting style or lack thereof and yeah, how hopefully it'll be in, you know, maybe the end of 2021, 2022 when we can go back out into the world again. We're all going to be um, just fashionistas and wear the most crazy things. so now is the perfect time to start working with Nicole, Um, and she does virtual clients as well. But yeah, I'll tell you guys a little bit about Nicole, and then we can get into the episode. So Nicole Russo founded Let's Get You in 2017 and has since styled hundreds of people, sat at New York Fashion Week, and contributed to or has been featured in Fast Company, Bustle, Today, X tomorrow, and Martha Stewart's weddings. She has been a private stylist and personal shopper for nearly a decade with fashion industry decors at J. Crew, Theory, senior client relations, and a sales role at Netta Porter. LGY is on a mission to give people the style skills and fashion resources to see themselves and their lives differently. We help high achievers create personalized, stylish wardrobes quickly so they can dress confidently and have extra time for more important stuff like becoming CEO, being a great parent, or planning their dream vacation. Yeah, I feel like I kind of messed up some of the the fashion words because I am not a um, New York fashion expert, but either way, um, Nicole is amazing and I amazing and impressive. I can't wait for you guys to listen to this episode. So let's get into it. So the first question that I ask everyone is,
1: what have you been finding your freedom from lately? Oh, that's a really good question. What have I been finding my freedom from? Um, actually, I'd probably say finding in you know, food. I know that sounds like so random, but... Majority of my life, I've had a pretty relatively healthy, normal relationship with food, except for the fact that I am a stress eater. And when I'm stressed or anxious, I mean, I've always had a sweet tooth in general. Like I grew up originally wanting to be a baker. So, and I found that through quarantine, um, when the pandemic first hit, I did what people, everyone was talking about doing, is I went to like you know my sweets or my triggers and like kind of eating these things and then I have a a client who's a dietitian and she once talked about how the balance of eating whatever you want but if you just tried to eat health like vegetables or foods that were naturally wholesome foods as much as possible but also just ate whatever you want and you focus on those two things you'd probably maintain a much healthier intuitive eating practice and I was like interesting And it was sort of that and observing myself through quarantine and allowing myself to just eat whatever I wanted because I wanted to enjoy myself that I started to find this really natural balance of indulging because I liked the food and just continually going back to feeling and being healthy. And I found this like really amazing space of just eating because I wanted to eat it and not overindulging not judging myself if i was eating too much of it and i've never except for a period in my teens and early 20s i've never really struggled with weight maintenance it was more about an unhealthy habit and the the addict like sort of the sugar that i did and i've it's been so freeing to just eat whatever and not feel like I'm making bad choices or, or stressing out about the consequences of those choices choices, either because the way that I'm going to feel or my pants might be too fit tight for that moment. And I see how it's kind of rippled over to the way that I even look at my own body and things like that. It's been really cool. It's been a lifelong journey too, but that's really been freeing.
0: Yeah. I, I'm like all, all about food freedom and I've gone through so many different stages with food and I think it's like so nice when you can get to this point where where you're not like shaming yourself for any of your food choices and you're not turning to food, you know, kind of as a coping mechanism when you're stressed and even if you do, like not being mad at yourself for doing that either um, and it, it frees up so much mental space in your head when you're just finally like, I can just eat and I can just listen to my body. And this actually gets to be so simple. And this was the way it was always supposed to be. And like, I can eat a piece of chocolate cake and it's not the end of the world. And because you're not like in this cycle of being mad at yourself for it, you're not eating it like compulsively.
1: Exactly. And I found it was so funny because it also, I used to, I definitely do love sweets. I I just do. And I also love food in general. But, like, I'm definitely one of those people that's just like, where are we going? What meal are we having? But when it comes to – I'm the kind of person that would eat, like, cake for dinner because why not? And I don't need to have the dinner and the cake because I don't have enough space for both of those things personally. Like, And I used to feel, I think, yeah, a sense of guilt or, like, sort of shame. It's like, oh, it was a bad choice. And I wasn't necessarily – um, I didn't have like I think a, a, a like a pattern where I would beat myself up for it continuously, but I know I had those lingering thoughts, and now I'd be like, "Fucking, I'm gonna have cake." <laughs> oh, sorry, I not don't know. I don't know if we can curse on this, but yeah, um, you can
0: say "fuck" as much as you want.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yay. Okay. Um. Perfect. So that's been really great. Yeah. It's it's also been really interesting because it's really connected me to. Another understanding of my body, also because in how it pertains to clothes and how it pertains to getting dressed or just feeling good in my body and how I am in it. Because despite having this shift, I've not gained any weight. I've actually lost, I think I've maintained my weight the easier I've ever had because I naturally like healthy food. I naturally like to eat vegetables and like more wholesome foods in, in addition to my indulgence. And it's really like made me feel very normal. I mean, normal is a, I think, kind of a needy word to use, but it's made me feel very like natural in my body. And therefore, I've always had that connection when I've gotten dressed. But then I have that. I I did have cycles and struggles where I would overindulge, and then like things would be too tight. And it, just that, that almost like constant your bloating feeling and how that can impact the way that your clothing fits and then how you feel about yourself. And I've always had this sort of understanding about that with an approach with my work, but I never experienced it on that level because I, I hear it from clients and it was just, it was a really, and it's been fun. It's been honestly so much fun. And since I love fitness and exercising so much, it's, it's now I made myself wanting a goal of like sort of getting back into my fitness the way that I used to. And it doesn't really feel that it's connected to weight maintenance or body composition, because I feel like now I have a understanding of that just from just being alive in this world. And that is like, it is amazing because we were born this way. We were born to understand this, yet somehow we were like, it's like I don't know where it got all messed up down the road. But completely, and I've I've
0: definitely had like a similar experience of. Um, it, it's been interesting, like coming back to exercising and working out, not from the place of like, let's make my stomach smaller and my legs small. You know, like all of these, like very body and weight specific things versus, like, oh, I'm so excited to, like, exercise and move my body and, like, nourish my body in this way and then eat foods that nourish it and then maybe have a sweet. It's, like, all of these ways to, like, love our body instead of try to, like, shrink our body or beat ourselves up for our food choices.
1: 100%. Yeah. Yeah, totally.
0: Definitely. So kind of pivoting from that but I'd love to hear kind of your story of how you got into the styling business and how you kind of started your own business and yeah just start off with
1: that and go into a little bit of your approach. So interestingly enough prior to being a stylist I grew up as a child who was always into like pretty things always liked beautiful things. I remember watching tv and I was always in super invested in checking out like the fashion or, but I didn't really know what fashion was because I didn't grow up in that environment. I grew up in a really, really, really small town in the middle of nowhere and fashion was, you know, the local JCPenney. And when I, uh, yeah, it was like, not, it, it was not a thing. It was, it was out in the world. Um, and when I was um, in the OA crash, I got laid off like everybody else. And I was bubbling around and not knowing what I was going to do with myself, but like many people. And a really close friend of mine got this fancy new job at Morgan Stanley. And she was like, uh, you look cute. Can you help me like go shopping for this job? And I was like, sure. It was like nothing I'd ever done before. It was like breathing. It was the culmination of everything I'd ever wanted to do, but didn't know a job existed like that. I got to be creative and help people. And I had this Hutzbud and entrepreneur, entrepreneurial spirit. And so I went out, I bought small business for dummies. I got this harebrained idea that I was gonna be a personal shopper. I li- literally didn't even know this was a thing before I started going into it. So from there I picked up a bunch of new clients and, and then I started like I formed an LLC and I like formed the website and I sort of bootstrapped my way into that and then into the fashion industry. And along the way, I got this idea of becoming like a personal shopper in the store. And this is actually a funny story. So I walked into an anthropology in a mall, like probably like, I'm going to say eight months later after I started the company and picked up a few clients and was sort of hustling my way. And there was a little sign that said, we have a personal shopper. And I said, oh, you guys have a personal shopper? And they were like, oh no, she just quit. And I was like, oh, I do that. And then I went into the interview like made up a bunch of nonsense about how I knew what I was doing when I literally had never even had a retail job and I got the job and I shined like a ray of light because I was so excited to have this opportunity. I knew that I'd be able to pluck clients off the floor or I'd be able to learn and dress a hundred thousand bodies. And that's exactly what I did. And very quickly. I was able to simultaneously build my client book and then eventually the sales role that I was doing took over because I was exceptionally good at selling. So I started getting I moved over to a few other retail places. I went to J. Crew during like the Jen Alliance, like like peak peak times. And then I ended up at Net-A-Porter for about four and a half years where I worked in their personal shopping VIP uh, client relations for their North American region. And it was at that time when I had gotten a little burned out from styling on the side and everything. So I sort of focused on that and then it was, but I just always loved like working with people who, you know, liked fashion or appreciated it or always wanted to get into it, but never really had the natural eye to shop for themselves in this or put together outfits in a way that made them feel as amazing as they wanted to feel or made them, you know, have this effortless wardrobe that went together. And I wanted to go back to that. And I ended up forming my company. Let's get you because I, I initially decided to go into working with men again and when I had previously only worked with women because I was like a lot of women in New York City and I was going on a lot of dates and I was online dating and I was going out with these men and they were a mess like they were amazing on paper so like they were nice and well-educated and great jobs and you knew they'd make great boyfriends but then they just were like like disasters like they just like looked like so lower, not where they were. Like they were like, they just didn't even seem to know how to even make the effort for a date. And I was so frustrated because I knew that they were great guys. And I knew that all these guys that were not great guys who looked great on the outside were getting all the attention. So I remember sitting across the street, across the table from one of these dudes at one point. And I looked over and I thought in my head, and I put, I wanted to reach out and be like, can we just get you late already? And that's where the idea came from. And I was like, oh, so I came up with the much more family friendly, let's get you. And I started working with men and then that was super fun. It was actually really interesting to kind of pivot into that uh, demographic. And it got, it picked up steam actually and I started to um, get some notice in the press, and I ended up contributing to a fast company article and doing some styling videos for them. And it was from there that in 2008, I left corporate. I'm mean, sorry, 2018, I left corporate completely and I started styling uh, full time. And I rolled my women's into my men. And I've always had this belief that, like, you know, when you, I feel like fashion is a bit of a Dumbo feather. So I, I don't know if you know, remember the story of Dumbo, but Dumbo thinks he can fly because he holds this feather and he's this star of the circus and he loves it. And he's this, and he was this kind of like awkward dunk, dunk, duckling beforehand. And then one day he realized that it wasn't the feather. It was him all along. It was his ears. Like it, it was, it always lived within him and What I really love to do is I love to take people that are kind of, they're incredible in their own right. Like they're successful, they're already on the top of their game, they have friends, but they don't necessarily reflect that completely on the outside. And maybe they don't have time to do it. Maybe they're overwhelmed. Maybe they don't like shopping. But I love being able to give people like their Dumbo feather. And I feel like if you're able to sort of if I can show people like the sculpture and the stone that I see, that's like why I love what I do. And that's how I approach the styling is that it's very holistic. So I pull out and draw out who this individual is, everything that makes them amazing and their vision for themselves. And I use like this decade long experience in retail and fashion. And I understand all this about, you know, line and fit and drape and color combinations. And it just kind of like, you know, bibbity bobbity boo And then they're, you know, in a matter of, you know, a few, like less than a flight to Asia, like they have the whole thing. <laughs> so that's kind of where I come from and a little bit about my approach. But yeah, that's the story of Let's Get You.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's so amazing because I... I think so many people just like look at fashion as like, what's fashionable this year? I'm just gonna buy what's fashionable this year, put it on me, not think about if this fits my body, if this fits who I am and the image that I want, you know, in the world. And I think it's just really cool and interesting of you, you know, taking your experience in the fashion world of all the, you know, quote, fashion, fashion rules and fit and things like this, and then kind of fitting it into an individual person and I I think that's just like such such a cool approach I'd love to hear like if you have like an example client or like an example story that you could kind of use to show how you take one person at this certain look and then how their style can kind of like transform other areas
1: of their life oh definitely um well, I mean, I, de- I have nor- what I guess people would be the expected examples where they I we do this and then all of a sudden they decide they're gonna like apply for jobs. They didn't think that they were like they could reach for. Like they decided that, you know, they're actually gonna go back to online dating because now they feel confident that they like kinda look hot and they can, you know, go out there and um one client actually got divorced <laughs> <laughs> which i i mean i don't want to completely take credit for but um i and i also feel like i don't want to say, i don't want credit for that but um that was kind of a major moment that came right out that she said that you know i kind of made her see like herself the way that she felt that she was before she got married or the beginning of her marriage which she felt she lost and you know being able to see that person again and and get back in touch with that person gave her the strength to know that she could do it. Like, and she could, she could, you know, find happiness on the other side, you know, with who she really wanted to be. Um, So those are sort of like the sort of fun examples. I, um, I had a client that stylistically had a really huge evolution. Um, She's one of my longest clients and she was really interesting. I met her when she was, she worked for Google at the time and she pretty much realized that her very basic, uh, way of dressing was holding her back in terms of the way she impre- set an impression at work and with the clients. And some, she got some mentoring advice from people really telling her to kind of step it up a notch. And at the time she was like very, uh apprehensive about anything that would she considered a fashion risk so um like she was sort of dressing a little bit like almost like a chase bank teller it was very like black pants like you know that kind of look and she also looked very young she was petite and looked very young for her age and was worried about how to use fashion without you know making her appear even more immature Um, and we, you know, we worked through some of that and sort of, I invited her to sort of see like new opportunities and gave her like a look that she really liked. But what was amazing about this is that, and this is what I always find fascinating about this work is that there's a compound effect to having a stylist or working with someone like me. If you're working with someone who's really good every season or every year, every session that you work with that person there's a continued compound effect. So it's not like a one and done, you know, it's sort of almost like um, uh, you continue to lay more brick or you're building a new wall or you're, um, you know, remodeling a kitchen or something. It's, It's sort of the foundation is always there, but there's now a new addition. And it's not only with the pieces that are in the wardrobe or, you know, her closet was building over the years and then she had more options and more outfits, but her style was developing. Her personal connection to what she liked and her ability to take risks expanded greatly. Whereas she went ahead and um, would start sending me pictures from like, Japan or, or South Korea and was like, how do we pull off a look like this? I mean, this is a girl who didn't want to wear shorts when I met her because she didn't really wear them when she was younger and felt that was a big risk. So, you know, to go from a Chase Bank teller to now wondering how you can, you know, incorporate some of the Balenciaga runway styles into your weekend wear is a huge demonstration of change. And she went as far, I mean, um, she like even told me, which I actually thought was kind of incredible, is that she went to Europe to visit a friend, well, a man that she wanted to call uh, develop a, a deeper relationship with. And she said that working with me and the styling work that we did made her feel confident enough that like, he would want like he was willing to take that risk with her too and that was a big deal for her and she said that she didn't know you know she feels like the risk that I've had her take sort of helped her feel more confident and that she was deserving of like that kind of leap of faith um which I feel like she's a really good she's a really good reflection of how you know, our closet can be a metaphor for our life. Like how we live our lives really is reflected in the way that we dress. Um, you know, if we're judgmental of ourselves in the way that we dress, we're judgmental of others. If we are, you know, an organized an unorganized mess. If we are creative and quirky and silly and like risky versus safe, or um we are stagnant all these things if you look around your life your closet feels that way then your other parts of your life feel that way and uh, so i like to say that like that's why i'm also this dumbo feather because i can't change the fact that you're you know not willing to take a risk with a man but i can put you in pants you never thought in a million years you'd wear but you love them and now you might see yourself in a new way and you might see the opportunities in front of you in any way. And I love, I love this because I think that from a young, a very young age, I've always had that sort of connection to it with myself, even though, like I said, we didn't have fashion where I came from. Okay. Fashion was, we had the Delia's catalog and we had a JC penny and you know, Mama was saving her pennies to you know to get what she needed and you know get the cute cute outfit that she wanted, but I didn't really live in the world of fashion until I got into fashion love sitting fast, sitting at Fashion Week and sort of really immersed in it and but prior to that, it always I think took attention and care into my presentation, and it was it wasn't rooted in an insecurity it was rooted in my sense of self expression and i felt very confident with that and i still am very confident with that and if i can give that sort of swag to other people then i really do believe oh honey like you can you can make magic happen there is something incredible about a good outfit i mean you will you will go to that date you will go to that meeting you will you will walk and you will go to that ex's wedding and you will walk in like like you were the one that shouldn't have been passed up.
0: <laughs> yeah, there I mean there there's just something there's something about a good outfit and like one good drink that like you could take over the world in non COVID <laughs> times.
1: <laughs> yeah, that little sip of wine doesn't hurt either, right? <laughs> For sure.
0: <laughs> one good it's glass of amazing. wine and a red dress and it's all over
1: (laughs) it's true it's like a little spicy My um actually so funny my boyfriend once described my personality as like when you're eating a meal and there's like a spicy pepper in there and you don't know when you're gonna bite into it and then you catch it he's like you're kind of like the spicy pepper and I feel like that's sort of the same edge that a good like a good outfit can give you and that's how I feel like why sometimes it's you know fashion is sort of will forever be my Dumbo feather because if I know I look good I can walk into anything and Definitely. I want to I want to give that to everybody in the whole world <laughs> yeah I
0: mean I completely agree and I'm I'm just reflecting on like online dates and um even dates I've been on in COVID and I if a guy doesn't care about his style And it's – he doesn't have a sense of personal style. It's, like, so unattractive to me. Um, And it's – I'm, like, thinking now about, you know, if if some people don't care about style and, like, varying degrees. But I feel like even if people think they don't care about style, they still are portraying, like, a style to the world, which is really interesting. Um, I'm curious, like, just from your experience, do people – do people describe like how they want to feel to you and then you find clothes based on that feeling or how is that, what does that process look like?
1: So at the beginning of, um, at the beginning of my process, there's an intake and sort of a discovery phase where I ask them a lot of specific questions. Um, there's an intake form. And then they're asked a lot of specific questions for me to draw out the vision that they have. Cause very often the reason that people are struggling with curating a sense of personal style or a closet they feel really good in is because the there's a lot and this is um people have better things to do than unearth this. So through my discovery period, I mean like listen, like people have better things to do, let's be honest. So um i unearth it through the intake and discovery period and then also through sort of looking through what's in their closet so i do work with people in person but now i also work with people virtually and the you know that unearthing is actually still very possible it's still very possible through remote work i found um and what it is is that People have habits in their closets. They shop they buy the same thing. They hold on to certain things for reasons. They um, uh, tend to be drawn to the same colors or fabrics or designs for reasons. And we tend to have multiple people in our closets, right? So when I say that meaning like there's the adventurous biker chick. There's the um, conservative lawyer. There's the mom on the weekend. There's the woman I, my mother wishes I were sitting in the back that I never actually wanted enough about myself. I mean, like those are the people that are sometimes sitting in our closets. So um, what I do is, is like through sort of building a rapport and asking them and, you know, putting them through um, a very organic uh, questioning um, and going through that closet, I'm able to, gather what they want to feel like gather what it is that makes them feel good when they get dressed what doesn't make them feel good what feelings they'd like to avoid you know some people as much as they want to look good they don't want to necessarily get a lot of attention that's one of the as well or put a lot of minimal amount of effort into their um, fashion because when they do they may gather attention and it may not be any of the kind that they like particularly from their male peers or colleagues so um i respect and understand that they often think that they're trying too hard if they even you know try at all and so it's a defense mechanism to not try and to therefore defend yourself from you know your potential enemies or in some cases, gold diggers or whoever else they're trying to, like, prevent from coming their way. Yeah, I think I think it's interesting,
0: like, as women that we, like, hold ourselves back so much from, from trying too hard and, like, we, like, hold ourselves back from, like, looking our best. Um, and, oh, yeah. And, like, part of it is, I mean, part of it is, like, self-protection, I guess, in a way, from hecklers on the street saying weird things about us but some of it is like why are we you know holding ourselves back from our greatness and I, I can even in my own life be like sometimes I'll want to look really good for a date but sometimes on a first date I'll be like oh, I, I shouldn't look like too good and I don't know what the the rationale
1: for that is which is interesting oh that is interesting yeah like well we don't want to look well because being when we're fabulous it makes all the uncomfortable you know when we when we are like shining our ray of light like we are are radiant in our own self-love and beauty and that is comes from you know from taking care of ourselves from adorning ourselves with our fine like the way we feel fabulous you know if we feel confident enough to pull off an eye-catching look all these things you know in you know they take courage and they also open us open us up to judgment of others because some people admire it and are are enlightened by it and and inspired but many are trying reasons to judge it or condemn it because it makes them feel insecure or small and i firmly believe that when you are when you are like shining your light, as I like to call it. you, and you are when you are a ray of beauty, when you are a confident person, you are inviting others around them to be their confident selves, you are inviting others to be their quirky, crazy selves. If you are, you know, like oh, you know, insane hit looking, you know, I love to dress like a crazy hippie. Well, you're allowing everyone else to be their crazy as well, and I. I think that we are all always struggling with self-acceptance on some level. I think it's part of the human experience is loving ourselves is a, is a lifetime journey um, that which we can sometimes be able to do with, with the way that we dress. And I also feel like that's a really great tool to getting ourselves to self love, like particularly with like body image, for example, I find that one of the reasons that women of all sizes are uncomfortable in their bodies is largely because they are uncomfortable in their clothing and they feel like if their bodies were different, they would have better options for clothes or they would feel better in dressing or they'd be able to, like they almost want the body to be a certain way so they can wear clothes a certain way. And when I'm able to sort of, Re- release them from that belief and give them a wardrobe that feels amazing and hot and sexy or whatever it is they want in the body they have. It, they now tend to love the body they have more, even with its imperfections. They don't feel this need to have to damn it because it's not, it's not, I always like to say, it's not you, it's the pants. And once there's that greater understanding that it's not you and it's the pants, they they see opportunity, abundance. They see you like when they go shopping, like there's less like shame associated with the fact that things don't fit. Um, and, you know, it, it sort of also lends to the body uh, positivity that's going on. You know, I think that one of the really interesting catch 22s about this, body positive movement which intrinsically is a wonderful thing like there's you know when you hold it in the palm of your hand it's nothing but a good thing it's nothing but like magnificent but then I'm finding that there's this other side of it where these women are seeing women that are maybe like plus sized or any sized or you know imperfect with their cellulites or their you know uneven nipples or whatever it is that we're proclaiming to be positive with and they may look at themselves and be like, "Yeah, but I still don't want my crop top rolls. I don't feel comfortable in it." And they they then therefore feel guilty because they don't feel confident anyway. Like they don't feel good that they're that they're not the way they think they need to be in order to feel good. And then now they are sad because they can't feel good despite the fact that they're not perfect. Like it's sort of like they don't really win no matter which one. It's like. So I I believe that it's really more about like women don't want the body they want the confidence they want they want and that's when when you achieve when you have that you're J or Lizzo or body goals it's just a matter of like hell Lizzo's confidence is in it is like it is it is a fire in the in like you know It is. it is it is insane I want her confidence I don't really I don't really care what I look like if I had that if I had that attitude same thing with JLo she is 50 and she is half naked on Instagram and looks better than I ever have like (laughs) so like So realistically, we want the confidence. So what I like to do is give people a path so that to that confidence through a wardrobe where no matter what you put on, you feel great. Um, and that's because I know exactly. Like I, I solve a lot of like I'm very practical and pragmatic and technical about my approach. Actually, also like it's very much about line and fit and fabrication and drape and color matching and like all these little nuances that I know and understand very intrinsically but by looking at it looking at fashion from a technical standpoint I'm able to solve a lot of the things that they think are like permanent problems like oh I never find pants that fit or like shirts are always too short or my postpartum boobs are so big I can never put find a shirt like all these things that feel like insurmountable to them I can like solve like right away and they're like wow Happened? How do you do that? What do you do? Oh my god! Oh my god! And that's really what I like to do in the beginning—is sort of like blow their mind immediately. So then, there's such we build more trust, and then they're like, "Wait, this is worth the money." (laughs) Definitely. And uh, just with the the confidence
0: and all of this in general, I think something that I I thought of as well is that we're inviting people to be their higher selves and their most confident selves, even when we make them uncomfortable. And even uh, if people are negative, okay. we're still inviting that. And I think it's so hard because, you know, we grow up in this society where we're, especially as women, where it's like, just be vanilla, just be nice. If you're just that nice yep. girl, everyone will like you. And that nice girl doesn't get the job she wants not doesn't get the boyfriend she wants, doesn't have the community and the friends she wants because she's not herself and she's obviously not going to be wearing the clothes that represent that person as well. Um, And I I think with body image too, something I wanted to touch on um, that I'm sure you can comment on a lot is I, I think with a lot of women, it's like, oh, that like really like risky or fashionable thing, like that's for size zero women that doesn't fit for my body. So I like like, my fashion can only be like this thing because I don't have that body. And I think that's like a lot of women's thought on fashion, or especially like risky, like risky fashion, I guess.
1: Oh, yeah, you're 100% right. I, there's a lot of, like, they can't pull it off. There's a lot of that language. I hear that a lot. I can't pull it off. Like, that's, Maybe if you, were, I were tall and skinny, or I get that too. Like, and you know, I think it's largely due to obviously media images, lack of representation, like all of the things that I we probably already know. But it's also due to um, a lack of knowing how to translate something that they see as fashionable or risky and how to how to wear that on themselves in a way that fits comfortably and looks you know looks good to them because what matters is whether or not you like it right so when we are when women look effortlessly like chic or effortlessly pulled together it's just because they confidently know how to dress themselves and not care whether or not anybody else likes their outfit that's really what it's mostly based on and then it's also a competency of how to find clothes that fit in a way that flatters them in the way that they like because when you flatter see when you use the flatter years, when people the word flatter is very very similar to what you just described. It's basically pertained to covering up, shrinking, making smaller, looking skinnier, looking like like thinner, leaner, in better shape. Like it's sort of like when you flattered yourself or you wore something flattering, you were in a way hiding an imperfection or trying to make yourself look like a more idealized version of beauty. Now, I think that we need to really kind of reclaim that because the real meaning of the word flatter, it basically means to wear in a way that makes you feel good. When you flatter yourself, you feel good. And when you feel good, you will dress yourself your best. Um, and I'm not talking about the comfort of sweatpants. Um, and so, I, I, what I, what I, a, a practical Piece of advice is I invite women to do is to find something about an outfit that feels risky and try to wear it in a way that feels safer to you. So, for example, if you're loving like the trend, the red trend that's like all over the runways, but you were seeing it in like, you know, Brandon Maxwell's like sexy, like. sweat tight sweater dress or something and you're like oh I don't have the body for that or I don't can't pull that off well maybe maybe you don't feel confident wearing that now but maybe the red is risque enough so maybe you wear it in like a beautiful sweater version or you wear it in a boot version you start somewhere that feels a little bit safer um like if you're gonna wear a crop top, wear it with that's a light, slightly longer, so it doesn't actually show your stomach, but it has the same effect. So, um, I always tell try to take things that people like and express them in a way that feels sort of safe, and then you're able to. But then to them, it's still a risk, it's still outside their comfort zone. Because um, that's the key is that people who are really great. At, their personal style is they can see something that anyone's wearing or that they're inspired by or they like and they can sort of interpret through their point of view and then wear it in a way that is them and that's where those multiple people also that I talked about in your closet come together and that's how personal style is so naturally reflected because all of these different elements of you now make sense instead of being these combative like nonsense that's like you know, clustering up your closet and creating overwhelm. But yeah, that's uh that's my take on it. Definitely.
0: I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm selfishly like, I would love for Nicole to like help me dress and get together the different pieces in my closet. So I'm sure everyone else will be thinking the same things. Because I mean who especially if you're on this like journey of like self love and self growth and like being your your freest and your fullest self there's like a part where you've done the internal work and you just want the external to fit and sometimes it's sometimes it's you know vice versa that you need the external to spark the internal
1: growth which I think is really interesting yeah I mean style is self-care it can be it can be a form of self-care um in the same way like you know, grooming can be, or organizing your kitchen. Um, It can be, um, I know even for me, like, especially with like the pandemic, like getting dressed regularly, like there's scientific evidence that does, has proven, like all these psychological studies, like Harvard and all, they've done all these things to show that like the way we dress can impact our cognitive thinking skills it can impact impact the way we see ourselves the impression not only the impression it has on other people but it is a tool it can be a mechanism and a tool for our own for our own change you know so like if you know i also like there's even there's a study which i'm blanking on right now but it basically showed that um, how we saw ourselves, what we saw in ourselves reflect, impacted our, um, uh, confidence and our, our, our actual point of view of where we stood sort of like, so for example, if you are slumping dinking your way through a pandemic and, you know, looking in the mirror and thinking like, like thinking you look sloppy or unkept or just sort of like, ugh, You're going to continue to have that sort of negative thought, which is going to turn into a negative feeling, which is going to impact your mood and your attitude and your productivity. Whereas if you were to look in the mirror and you think something positive because your natural reaction is going to be a positive thought, it's going to reverberate and impact your day. So if you're having a hard time or you're having whether it's because of the pandemic or if it's because of breakup or if it's because of just some stressors, it really can, you know, or if you're having a hard time changing or transitioning post um, some, you know, life changes, you or even getting to another phase of life mm-hmm. impacting the external, like your personal style or making just the ease of getting dressed because it doesn't take so long to put together an outfit because everything fits. You don't have to worry about figuring out what combinations because we're wasting 20 minutes every morning and running out of the house a frazzled mess because you just couldn't figure it, get it together and you just wore the same thing over and over again and you just didn't feel confident and then you didn't want to go to a meeting or you didn't want to like see someone or you ran away from that person in the coffee shop because heaven forbid they see you in that outfit again. So I like to take all of that away. And yeah style can definitely be self-care definitely
0: and I, I think it's interesting throughout this interview I feel like you've like mind read the next like direction I've been going in because I, I wanted to talk more about I feel like I can't have an interview during this year you know since March and be like how is personal style how is this being affected by COVID like are people still having excuses to dress up um, and how, you know, how is not dressing up every day affecting them? I know you touched on this as well, but just me personally, I I miss getting dressed up to go places where I would be seen by multiple people. It makes me
1: sad. (laughs) You know, I don't think you're alone in that. I think we, I think we all just miss, Going out and being around people and having an opportunity to put to get dressed and I think that you know it is sort of I think it's sort of uh, the anticipation of the event that makes getting dressed fun for people too it's not just because you do get to like kind of reveal yourself which is sort of fun but it's also the process of the getting dressed the planning the putting the outfit together for especially for anyone that um found joy in that um or found joy in the end result as well you know it's I I honestly really miss it I do and even because there's really not even though there's some chances to put on outfits it's never like it's been before and it's almost inappropriate if it's too much because We all, I sort of have, sort of, we've all sort of downgraded ourselves slightly to this this casualization, which is justifiable. We're all sort of self healing and nurturing ourselves through a very stressful, you know, painful time, and we want comfort. You know, it's the same reason we eat mac and cheese. Um, you know, so we want that. And I found that people have been wanting to dress and seeking it, I think because there's also been immense amount of self-reflection in this time. I've gained clients that are sort of looking and evaluating themselves or maybe they cleaned their closet and they were like, wow, I still hate everything I own. I still don't, I've gotten rid of half of it and I still don't want to wear any of it. And that is forcing themselves to reevaluate how they're approaching it. and have more time to do that so it's been a very interesting time for me as a stylist um and acquiring new clients but yeah I think that um there's also we've developed a sense of acceptance for other people's normalcy like humanness I should say not normalcy humanness like I have, for one, for example, I have started air drying my hair more than I ever used to. And I really like it. Um, I still love a good blowout, but I'm starting to really enjoy myself and in its, in it's my hair and its natural, I guess, uh, um, its way it normally would always be and feeling pretty in that and feeling okay with that. So there's positives to everything. I do feel that, especially when you're working, uh getting dressed can be a really powerful productivity tool and motivating tool to make us feel like we started our day to succeed in our day. What another element of working from home and sort of the that I find really interesting is part of the reason we are sort of like confused about this new world of like dressing ourselves is because there used to be this very clear delineation between the day. You would come home from work or wherever you were, your, your life, and you'd ha- you'd be able to like change into house clothes. It was sort of ceremonious, like it was this transitional period from like that day to this day. And we don't have that anymore, and we don't have it as much. And I think that has created a sense of confusion. And you used to get to feel that ah, that delicious moment when you took off your bra you don't get to have that anymore. It was sort of, and I think as much as we reveled in this, we would revel in the idea of a weekend in our sweatpants before it was because it was special. It's like everything. If you have too much of it, you don't want it. Um, so I definitely am a huge believer. And even if you don't do it every day, making the effort to put on your clothes, wear your clothes, feel normal in a way that, helps you do your best whatever that means for you
0: yeah yeah completely and i just with all of this i was talking to a friend kind of about a similar conversation and we were kind of talking about um winter in the northeast which is coming but how it used to be this time Hi. of like you know slowing down and resting a little bit more and you looked forward to it because summer and fall were so go 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 but now it's just yep. like we've just been sitting for months and it's kind of like the same idea of like the sweatpants it's like we've been in the sweatpants for for months and we miss those those moments of like having something to dress up for and i know for myself for my own mental health i make sure to get dressed every day and put on makeup and then the few social things that I do every couple of months I I'm really excited about it because it's my only times that I'm doing something that feels kind of normal
1: oh I mean I I've had only the few opportunities I've been able to pull out an outfit oh honey I wore an outfit it was like sequins to the daytime like social distance engagement party like it was like I mean I didn't know, I didn't, no cares in the world. Like, I was like, mama needs to wear an outfit.
0: (laughs) It's like sequins and I'm buying myself a bottle of champagne. (laughs) It's like, we're doing this.
1: Uh. 100%. Like, I mean, and I don't think there's any shame in that. I mean, like, I think that, like, I, I, I made a joke at the beginning of COVID and I said, like, I was like, at the end of this, we're all going to be wearing ball gowns to the bodega. Because we're all going to be like, oh, honey, can I please wear an outfit? Like, and we're all going to listen, we're all going to be like partying and dancing and drinking. And like, everyone's, we're going to be like, I'm going to be hugging strangers. I'm going to be like, so nice to talk to someone. <laughs>
0: Seriously, me and some of my girlfriends were talking the other night, and we're like, you know, 2021 might be a might suck still, but by 2022, it's going down. It is going down. <laughs> like, it's gonna be the I'm most fun here. Uh,
1: I'm gonna. I am i do not care. I'm gonna be on a boat somewhere on an island, like with a, with a DJ or <laughs> something. Like I don't care. I'm gonna make it happen.
0: The first night back out, everyone is gonna look so good. And be wasted. Everyone's gonna be dancing a full, like it's gonna be the best time ever. And that's what's getting me through this is I know everyone's gonna have, you know, or like you said, we're gonna be hugging strangers, kissing strangers. There's no excuse to not shoot your shot
1: after this time. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. I have every intention to dance until dawn. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. <mom. laughs> yeah. I hope
0: you keep getting clients so they can, they can focus on having
1: the outfits to wear when that happens. Now's the time. Well, yeah, because like, I, I find that even like a lot of my clients are, are um, you know, they never really like, they've always, they always, listen, they, they always look nice, but they never really got to the level they wanted to be at. Right. Or like, and they were like, you know what, why not? Why not now? You know? And you know, we're laying brick, so we can, like, it's just a compound effect for, like, when we get to 2022, they'll be rocking the sequence with me, or whatever, you know?
0: Yeah, we're all, Um, we're all in the cocoon right now, and we'll be butterflies in 2022. That's what my optimistic spirit has to say.
1: (laughs) I'm 100% here for it. Awesome. Definitely. Um,
0: Yeah, well, this, this was super great. Is there any I don't know, style words of wisdom or any any nuggets that you want to leave my audience with or any any tips or anything?
1: Um, well, I definitely think that if people are looking for, they're thinking to themselves, like, well, how do I start? Like, what's the first thing I should do? Like, where sh- what do I do? Well, I always tell people the first thing they should do is start with editing their closet because most people think, well, I'll clean it out. But like, I think you approach it from a style standpoint. It's a really great way to do it. And if they want to, they can actually go to um, my website, let'sgetyou.com. And I have a whole, I have a little um, guide and checklist at the bottom. It's called the LGY edit method. And I can like, you can get all my Breakdown of what the steps are from a stylist, and like how I put my clients through a process. But you definitely want to start in your closet, and you definitely want to, vis- like, almost vision board what you want to look like. And what it means is that most of us kind of know, but we're not sure. So I tell my I tell people to start curating images, whether it's an Instagram board, a Pinterest board. But just really get really clear on what the kind of looks you want are. And don't worry about can I pull it off or how would I wear it or what outfit or what shoe. Just find things that inspire you visually and like clothing and outfits that you love. And as you do that, and as you clear out the closet and you follow those steps, you'll be on the beginning stages of then when you can further develop your style. Oh, and you should definitely follow me on Instagram because I do do a lot of fabulous things there too. Um, It's underscore let's get you. And it's really fun. And I give away a lot of great, I give away a lot of uh, free advice and tips on there as well. A lot of how-tos and a lot of like simple solutions. So if people want those, that's a really good place for it too. Definitely. But yeah, you
0: you... I was just going to say, all of those links will be in the show notes. So everyone can get that. (laughs)
1: yay um but yeah just like go for it guys like style is fun have fun you can do this um and if you can't do it alone you can hire me or someone like me and we got you and um enjoy it yeah like we thank you so much for having me this is so much fun this is so great what a good combo
0: yeah you're so welcome and i'm i'm excited to just inspire people to use the rest of this quarantine to improve themselves in all the ways with style so we can all be corny butterflies in 2022 <laughs> <laughs> a
1: Sequin? no I mean no I, I wouldn't put I wouldn't put sequins on everybody for sure <laughs> it's not everybody's thing anyway well anyway thanks it was a great it was a great being here
0: definitely thank you so much